Hello, Gut Check Project fans and KBMD Health family. I hope y'all are having a great day today. It is now time for episode number 42. This is a great episode. It's it's a little short. It's about a, uh, well, it's a food product. It's a food additive that we've, we've all consumed, me included, and uh, it's putting us in danger. High fructose corn syrup. We've, we've all heard about it, but why? Why does it matter? This episode really serves to tee up episode 43 where we have a very special guest. And, uh, of course, if you listen to 42, you're going to want to tune in to, uh, to 43. And both of them are, are shorter than normal. So it, it shouldn't take too long to consume either one of them. And I think that will have your attention. So needless to say, I'll be joined with my co-host, Dr. Kenneth Brown, here in just a moment. But let's talk about the companies that make this possible. So Atron Teal. Get your daily polyphenols at Atron Teal. Lovemytummy.com. That's lovemytummy.com forward slash KBMD. Every day we need polyphenols. There isn't a day that goes by that we don't. This is an all-natural supplement created by my co-host, Dr. Kenneth Brown, where it was first designed to take care of bloating and symptoms related to IBS. But what we've learned over time and through research is that these polyphenols are fantastic to keep you healthy. Uh, essentially, if you're an athlete, you need daily polyphenols. You can get that with just four capsules of Atron Teal per day. If you have GI distress, this is what polyphenols do. They help the good bacteria in your body help your body. So get your own Atron Teal today. Lovemytummy.com forward slash KBMD. Today's episode is actually filmed on location in Conroe, Texas, which is just outside of Houston, at Southern Star Brewery. So check them out on their Instagram. They've got a uh, pretty interesting Instagram, uh, Southern Star Brewing Company, or Brewing Company. Uh, I almost said that wrong. But we'll have that in the show notes as well. Uh, check them out. They've got a, a bunch. If you like beer, they've got apparently several different types of great beer. And, and I would be lying if I said I tried all of them. But uh, uh, the Bombshell Blonde, I've had a few of those, and it's quite tasty. It's, uh, it's basically their hallmark. It's their, uh, it's their, flagship, uh, their flagship brand. So Southern Star Brewery in Conroe, Texas, fantastic people. Couldn't be nicer. And the greatest thing, they use all natural organic ingredients when they make their stuff. So if you're into beer, this is a safe beer to drink. So Southern Star Brewery in Conroe, Texas, and they have distribution everywhere. Last but not least, KBMD, kbmdhealth.com, KBMD CBD, and the Dr. Brown's packages such as the Biohackers package, which features not only KBMD Health CBD, but it also has Broccolite Pro as well as Atron Teal. So check out kbmdhealth.com. And then there you can use code GCP to save 20% off of any order, no matter the size. Okay, let's get to it. This is episode number 42. This is something you need to share with anyone that you love, any of your friends, especially if they have difficulty losing weight or suddenly they have uncontrollable anxiety. High fructose corn syrup could actually be what's contributing to it. And believe it or not, it's not your fault. It's not their fault, but there is something that we can do about it. So check it out. Here we are. Episode number 42. All right. We are here at Gut Check Project. Welcome KBMD health fans and family. We are on location in Conroe, Texas at Southern Star Brewery with 
my co-host, Dr. Kenneth Brown. I'm Eric Rieger. Dr. Brown, it's episode 42, and this does not look like our set. This is not our set, and this is uh, very special. First of all, shout out to Southern Star Brewery for letting us do this. Now, we're here for a reason, a very special reason. We are. This is going to be a really cool episode where we're going to talk about something real important and how it impacts the health and the future of everyone living in the United States. We're going to talk about high fructose corn syrup, and there's a reason for that because the next episode... Oh, man, it's huge. If uh, We won't give it all away, but if you're tuning in for this episode, you're missing out if you're not watching the one that comes right after this. We've got a special guest, and that's the whole reason that we're here in Conroe, Texas, Southern Star Brewery, just north of Houston. You can hear the sound in the background. The music's going crazy, but it's all worth it. And the really cool thing is Southern Star Brewery, I just spoke with their brewmasters. They do not use high fructose corn syrup. No. So we are in a perfect place to do this. We are in a perfect place to do this. So Dr. Brown, this particular episode, we're gonna really get down to the meat and potatoes. We, we normally don't uh, do quote unquote short episodes, even though we try <laughs> to do them. But today we have a topic that we really kind of discussed that we needed to cover before we had our special guest on. And uh, this is an election cycle also. So of course, the next guest, the next episode, is definitely, I would say political, wouldn't you say? It is definitely political, but also like-minded. Very like-minded and really much, very interested in your health. So um, let's get straight to it. High fructose corn syrup, that's what's on the table today. Why don't you kind of steer us where we're gonna go? So we were planning on doing high fructose corn syrup uh, regardless. And then yesterday, a patient of mine sent me an article said, hey, check this out. And an article just got published out of the University of Colorado. Oh, okay. Where they looked at Bubblos. this. Yeah, and they um, they were able to associate that symptoms, ADHD, aggressive behavior, and bipolar disease can actually be linked to high fructose corn syrup. Not just, oh, if you drink this, this happens. Scientists figured out that the reason why is that when you take in high fructose corn syrup, you are actually starving your brain. Your brain thinks it's starving while your body's getting fat. And so because of that, your brain goes into what is called a foraging mode. It actually turns on. Remember when we talked about orexin and things like that when, right. you, when you go into a starving, fasting state? Yeah. Guess what? Your brain is going, yo, we gotta get some food here. Even though you're drinking Mountain Dews and you're opening up you know, ho-hos and stuff and you are morbidly obese on the outside, your brain is starving for energy, and they're attributing that this could actually be the, the reason why you have hyperactivity creating ADHD, aggressive behavior, and bipolar disease. When you have foraging mentality, your brain tells you to go out and do something, so you end up with impulsivity, aggressiveness, and reactiveness. And I just went, there's no way. A patient just sent me this article, it came out yesterday, and we were already planning on talking about this. Right. Beautiful timing. So uh, this oh, is just one article. I mean, that just showed up yesterday. So that is, if you are interested in high fructose corn syrup and you happen to be somebody who suffers from anxiety, ADHD, or impulsivity, listen. Well, another, another thing to take away here is, where do you find high fructose corn syrup? Oh, I don't know, almost everything that's processed. We're, sodas, breads. It's treats. It is a sweetener per se, and a lot of people have even told me, I remember when I was younger, that it's, well, it's just like sugar. Well, it's sweet, and that's pretty much where it ends. We've already talked about the dangers of just even sugar exposure. Believe it or not, it's worse. It's truly worse. We're gonna get into it today, but Cokes, Pepsis, 
sodas, if they're sweetened. Uh, and I, I mentioned breads and treats, but and sometimes you'll find high fructose corn syrup and things that you don't even perceive as sweet, which is the problem. A hundred percent. We're going to get into that. Now, one of the things that we do here on the Gut Check Project is we want to bridge the gap. A lot of people always say, oh, yeah, I've heard this thing about high fructose corn syrup. And in this climate right now, it feels like everything could be politicized. Yes. And I feel like even bringing this up could turn into some sort of political argument. That's not what we do here. We're just going to talk science. Let's That's just all talk. We're do. Let's talk objective data. So I'm going to throw this at you. You're better at the historical aspects of things. Let's just briefly go over how did we end up with high fructose corn syrup in everything? I think, if I recall the story somewhat correctly, uh, we needed, number one, to have sugar or sweeteners available. We wanted to see if, if we, uh, we mass-produced products that the shelf life could be extended. And in doing so, we also had farmers that had grown a lot of corn. And so you have the, I think it's the Corn Growers Association or Corn Refiners Association, CRA, that essentially functions as a lobbying agency for corn growers. And what they found is they could compete in the sweeteners market by mass producing high fructose corn syrup. And this process was, I don't know if it was discovered accidentally or on purpose, but ultimately it's a two-step process, which one phase of it is somewhat, I guess, uh, naturally occurring if you force it, but it's not a natural thing to have. <laughs> so It sounds like you're describing a labradoodle. Sort of. It's the labradoodle of sugar. <laughs> kind of natural, but it was forced. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of like a liger. You're not supposed to have them. Did you ever see Dan Cummings' chocolate squirrel-a-doodle? Oh, the, the comedian? Yeah, he does a whole set on this exact topic. Yeah. Mixing animals that shouldn't be mixed. <laughs> Anyways, off topic already. Wow, our, our super fast episode you're right on is, time. is derailed. Right on time. <laughs> um, everything you're saying is true. Let's just put a little historical context into it. So basically since the 1920s, um, there have been farm subsidies. So the U.S. government has said, okay, we need to help out. Uh, we've got a Great Depression going on. Let's make sure we have enough food for everybody. And then, through a series of events, which I'm not an economist, but basically in the 1960s, during the Nixon administration, there was a series of events, like a couple bad harvest years, and then we made a bad decision to sell millions of tons of grains to the Soviet Union, and all of a sudden we ended up with a shortage. This shortage, of course, led to the overcorrection, which happens in government at the federal level a lot, it's like driving down an icy road. You turn a little bit here and you go, whoa, and then you overcorrect and now you're spinning out of control. Yeah. So in the 1960s, um, they started the subsidies program where they were gonna subsidize farmers and ultimately the most abundant crops were wheat, corn, and soy. Okay. So then this was started um, because through a lot of different reasons, those were the ones that were subsidized the most. And then in 1996, it was discovered, oh, we've way overcorrected. We've got way too much of this stuff. So the federal government put in new mandates, which then said, okay, we're not gonna subsidize this anymore. But since we were doing it for so long, everybody that was subsidized gets grandfathered in at the rate that we've been doing. And since the major crops were corn, wheat, and soybean, they got subsidized and they were grandfathered in whether or not they grew the crops. So paid to not grow anything. Paid to not grow. And guess who wasn't getting paid at all? The farmers that were growing fruits and vegetables. They got squeezed out immediately. It, so 
So now you've got these farmers that are being paid with our tax dollars to make more of a grain that we don't even know what to do with. I know we're going to get into it, but you're, you're telling me that essentially we have a food additive that is being subsidized. So now it's, it's already somewhat less expensive for not only a producer of foods, but even the consumer to get its hands on now, right? So we've, we're reducing the threshold of normal people to get their hands on the substance. Surely, since we weren't doing that with fruits and vegetables, it must be better for us, right? So what happened was we have all this corn and some Japanese scientists in the late 90s figured out that when you add a couple chemicals, natural enzymatic chemicals, mm -hmm. you produce this high fructose corn syrup. Since we're already subsidizing it, and it's really easy to make, then it's 70% cheaper than standard sugar cane or standard cane sugar. So automatically, you've got a 70% advantage. So then they realized, oh my gosh, it's also two times as sweet as sugar. And look, it works as a food preservative. We just found the holy grail of the food industry. So it just exploded. And in fact, since then, or since it was discovered you can make high fructose corn syrup, a thousand percent increase in our consumption has taken place. It's ridiculous. A thousand percent. So our ancestors would normally take in, um, I don't remember the exact numbers, let's, but I think it's somewhere around 20 grams of sugar in a year. Now, wait a minute, just, just to categorize, that's not including just fruits and stuff. You're talking about just raw sugar. And, and, and I think, just for context, today's uh, standard is just try to consume less than 22 grams of sugar a day. A day. So in other words, right now, without even trying, most of us are consuming what our ancestors did in a year, in a day. So you said, surely it must be better for us. Mm -hmm. It's not, and quit calling me Shirley. I don't know how many times that we've <laughs> talked about this. Airplane, for those of y'all who don't know. <laughs> All right, so real briefly, we're going to get a little science -y, then we're going to do a quick deep dive and then come right back out. So yeah. just hang in there. Um, but the, the whole point of this is we don't want to make it political, but it is impossible to not discuss some of the political aspects of it because it's because of the subsidies that we're here. Oh, and let's be clear, and if you identify as either right or left, believe me, both sides are involved. This is not exonerate either side whatsoever. All right, so why do you even care about fructose? Well, glucose, which is the sugar that we always talk about. Right. Uh, table sugar is sucrose and glucose um, combined, and then all of a sudden we start throwing, then it's fructose. So right about now, a bunch of people are just going, that's too many oses. I'm like, I agree with you. So let's focus on the one os, fructose. Fructose is the only sugar which is metabolized in the liver. It does not need insulin to drive it into the cell. Glucose is used by every cell in your body. Fructose goes straight to the liver. Right. And it's when it goes to the liver that it has to be broken down and then metabolized. That doesn't happen with that. So we've got this very, very cheap sugar that is metabolized in an unnatural way. Right. And it's not used for energy. And we're gonna come full circle here. But basically, we now know that fructose consumption has epidemiologically been connected directly to the diabetes epidemic that we have. And now I can tell you in a little bit on a cellular level how it actually does that. But we've already mentioned that you said it lasts longer. So if you're going to go out and you've got a granola bar or an apple and you go, oh, the granola bar is healthy, that's 
Nature Maid said it is. That right. commercial showed hikers there. Yeah, sure. The commercial doesn't show somebody pulling an apple out of their backpack because an apple has a shelf life. Right. The granola bar can sit there forever, and it sits there forever because they hide the sugars in it. Correct. You don't even think of that. No. And then we talk about other foods that are there. So when we're sitting there taking this, for people that are like, oh, um, I like this food better. I like this bread better. I don't know if you saw that, that in Ireland, they they won't allow Subway to call it a sandwich. Oh, yeah, they can't call it, uh, I, think, I don't think they can call it a bread either. They can't call it a bread because the sugar content is five times higher than what bread should be. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's alarming. Like, it's not like, oh, I can't believe they don't let us call it bread. Well, they can't call it bread because it's not bread. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing is that it is actually extremely addictive because it is two times sweeter than sugar. So you condition your body to want that sweetness. Sure. And then we can get into exactly why all this is going on. The irony of it all is it actually makes people hungrier. Right. Now, I just told you about an article where you have ADHD because your brain cells are starving. Sure. Now we know that when you take this, what is the, I mean, tell me one benefit other than it's cheap and you can sell more products, but you get no nutritional value out of it and you actually cause damage as you take it. Like it's, like if you start with that, they wouldn't allow it to be made ever. I mean, quite honestly, it sounds to me like every advantage is somewhat sinister. It's, it's, there is no, how about this? There's not a direct advantage that I'm aware of for the person that's consuming it. And I think that's, that's really what uh, we need to be concerned about because we're consumers, we eat food. Yeah, we do. And fortunately, we're consumers that are doing a podcast at a microbrewery that uses all natural ingredients and Correct. is very conscious about not doing that. Uh, we're consumers that are in the health field. Correct. And unfortunately, the burden of diabetes, high blood pressure, and death in the poorer socioeconomic areas is much higher than the general population. Yes. And then when you start reading about it, they consume, they being people in poor socioeconomic neighborhoods, in, in, in cities, they may not have access. They may not have the money nor access for healthy foods. And I don't mean healthy, I mean just something that isn't fast food or in a package. Right, and, it, and most fast food is going to be made with high fructose corn syrup and other additives, don't, don't get me wrong. There's others out there, it's not by itself, but we're talking specifically about high fructose corn syrup today. And, and you're, you're correct, the subsidy has made it to where that's what is obtainable. That's what they can eat because it's cheaper for the producers to make it because it's a subsidized product. It's a subsidized commodity. It doesn't make sense. We are making it easier for taxpayers to subsidize people who don't have money to get sick and stay sick. And if they have this anxiety, it's a horrific cycle because if they're trying to climb out of poverty, guess what? They don't feel normal. They're not thinking like they should be. That article that discussed the impulsivity, yeah, that really got me thinking. Right. I mean, we always blame, we try and blame so many things on different aspects. Oh, we're obese because we're not getting enough exercise. And I can get into a whole different aspect of this where the Corn Growers Association hired scientists to put out public statements that basically said, high fructose corn syrup is really good for you, you're just not working out enough. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And then, we're looking at this and you're like, wait a minute, areas that have the highest burden of obesity and of high blood pressure and diabetes, which lead to this huge 
cost burden in the United States have the highest consumption of high fructose corn syrup. Yet, there's people out there saying, oh, it's not related. They're just not getting out there jogging enough. Now that is, I'm gonna give you cellular reasons why this is wrong, but if you don't care about it, and I know that we're gonna talk some politics on the next episode, if you look at the pure numbers, since high fructose corn syrup came on the market, right. and we're taking a thousand times more than we used to, it is estimated that right now, 60% of the adult population is overweight. The prevalence of insulin-dependent type 2 diabetes, that means diabetes that didn't respond to medications and you eventually have to go to insulin, is 9.3% of the population. Pre-diabetics is through the roof. They're estimated that about 30% of the U.S. population right now is pre-diabetic. It's sad. 60%. Uh, it's, it's sad. It's also really expensive. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh -huh. How much do you think uh, the burden of this costs the U.S. annually? Thank you for putting me on the spot, and I will no. say $11 billion, because I don't know the number. That is very close. It's three, <laughs> $327 billion, because it's, it's encompassing the healthcare costs of this. That's ridiculous. If, you, if, if we could fix one thing, if we could fix obesity and diabetes, sure. if you take out diabetes, just the causes, just the morbidity of obesity sure. is like $192 billion. And if you look at diabetes, 327 billion. That includes loss of work when people get sick and you know all the other weird numbers they put in there. 320, okay, so imagine if we could sit there and get roughly 527 billion off the tax records, off of our tax burden, and all we gotta do is take one food subsidies. So we're paying taxes that are now going and making people sicker. And it's by, it's by design if you just step back and look at it. And then right now in 2020, one of the hottest topics and always is every election year is healthcare. What do we do with healthcare? We need Medicare for all. We need this. We need that. No. How about taking one thing that we're already paying for as tax dollars, converting it to something that the European nation is actively trying to ban? 100%. They're out there going, we don't want to do this. And then what's really sad is when you introduce high fructose corn syrup, and I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but it's a soda company that ends in Ola. Ah. Um, hmm. There's a couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> you pick which Ola you want. That's but, right. All right. So they've, so they've looked at this, and one of the Ola companies did a real big campaign, paid for their own studies, and got it introduced in Mexico. Oh. And now Mexico is almost caught up to us in diabetes and obesity. Sure. And somehow, same thing happened in China. Mm -hmm. I mean, China says F you to everything whenever they want, but somehow one of the Ola companies got in there. If you want to learn about that, watch Patriot Act because um, Minaj Hassan mm -hmm. did a whole thing on this where he was like, how in the world can we not negotiate with China? But the Ola company just went in can. there and said, pow, do it. Yeah. And now they're running into the exact same problems. He showed different commercials that they're running, and they had, they... They gave them articles which showed the same thing. Um, Coca-Cola has their own research institute, and they come out with things that say high fructose corn syrup is actually good for you, and you just need to exercise more. Exercise more. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. If, if you wanted to make certain that your bank was secure, uh, it would be a bad idea or policy to get the robbers who are going to heist you later to check your security system. Because that's exactly <laughs> what's happening here. It doesn't make sense to take 
the data from somebody who is wanting to sell you what they're telling you is safe just on the other side. Yeah. And they're the only ones who have the data that show that. Think about it. If you're hearing that high fructose corn syrup is okay for you, who is putting together the study and what did they study? Interesting. Is there a study or is it just a kind of a, we feel like it's, it's okay? Was there actual data that showed a reproducible less than 0.5 uh, p-value? I went down um, a little journal searching rabbit hole because uh -huh. I did that thing you're not supposed to do when you re read the whole thing. And at the end, there's no way that study exists. So I started going through our Mendeley account and stuff. And then it said unpublished data. So they don't believe in it. So they brought a PhD to stand up and go, it's good for you. We did study on that. Trust me, it's right there. It's right there ridiculous. in my brain. Didn't even get it published. Yeah. I mean, if you come home and your newspaper is torn up and the trash is out and you ask the dog, did he do it? And they go, no, he did it. The dog did it. It's the same thing. The, 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 the study is not real. They're just saying it. Yeah. That happened to me when I was a kid once and I yelled at our dog. It actually was a raccoon and I, I feel bad. I just couldn't believe you didn't call me out for a dog saying no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so even if you're sitting here and if one of those scientists is listening to this and he's like, no, I looked at the data, it's there, that's fine. Let's back off all that, let's back off speculation. I wanna talk about an article that was just published about two weeks ago. The title of the article is The Negative and Detrimental Effects of High Fructose on the Liver with Special Reference to Metabolic Disorders Published in the Journal of Diabetes and Metabolic Syndrome. It's <gasps> a lot. We gotta teach these guys how to write. They're not very good. Because <laughs> I, I got tired listen, just kind of reading through the title, but what I just, I'm gonna just go over the key points to this, Let's do it. and then you make your own conclusion about this. So what this article looks at is, let's talk about the cellular mechanisms. This isn't speculation anymore, this isn't talk. Let's just look exactly what's going on on a cellular level. Okay. So what actually happens is, we may have to put the nerd glasses on. I always carry them around in case it gets too nerdy. When you go, you need to back yeah, off. That's and, good, Clark, no right. deal. So, got the nerd glasses on. Um, basically, you already know that fructose is metabolized in the liver. So I'm gonna go through a five-step process okay. of a two-part reason why high fructose corn syrup is messing you up. Okay. Okay, so we know since it's metabolized by the liver. Step one, the liver tries to metabolize all this fructose that it's getting in, and it quickly cannot do it, so the liver converts it to triglycerides or fat. fat. So you start having these fat depositions in your liver. Step two, the fat starts accumulating, and we call this fatty liver disease. Correct. The fat starts accumulating, and as a result of this, fructose becomes harder to metabolize. So in other words, the fructose is going, hey, I'm here, I need to be metabolized, and these fat cells are just going like, ah, we don't know what to do. Sure. Because we're not built to do this. Right. So then you end up with this um, snowball effect. And then that fructose that's sitting around starts impairing other processes. One of them being something called the beta oxidation process, where if you're a medical student, they go, oh, that's how you break down fat. So you impair the ability to break down fat. So you impair the ability to break it down, and what that means is, is that it can't metabolize as fat, so it leads to fat just sitting there, and it starts creating other problems. So step three, is a decrease in ATP, adenosine triphosphate. triphosphate. That is the 
energy that our cells use. You have to have it. I'm gonna throw it back to the article that my patient sent me yesterday. So what happens is you get a decrease in ATP, which is the energy for mitochondria. That's the powerhouse in the cell. When this happens, the body increases an expression of an enzyme, which I had never heard of and nobody's ever taught me this, so I'm, it almost feels like a cover-up, called fructokinase C. Okay, fructokinase C. So when fructokinase C starts ramping up to get rid of the fat and all this other thing, it actually destroys more ATP. As it turns out, fructokinase C is a bad thing floating around in your body. Sure. So it actually starts breaking down what little ATP you're making, and then this increases something called uric acid, which leads to a very vicious cycle of the fat not being able to metabolize, and then more fat comes up, and then you start decreasing the cellular energy, and now you've produced uric acid. And this vicious cycle actually creates severe stress on the cell, which leads to reactive oxygen species. I don't know if you remember a few episodes back, we talked about how one of the leading causes of obesity is oxidative stress. Yeah, ROS. ROS, right there. And then guess what's happening? There's this battle going on Fat is just showing up because they don't really care. The body's trying to get rid of that. ATP is being used to try and offset this fructokinase C. And then um, you've got a mitochondria that are sitting there going, yo, we have no energy here. Right. I've got no energy. And right, the, the brain cells go, we have no energy. I'm going to go forage. Impulsivity, ADHD, bipolar. So not only are you actually putting on weight, but you're starving. Like there is a, there's a, it's a lose, lose, lose situation. Right. Does that make sense? Can, can you summarize that really quick? Because I feel like I got a little too deep in the woods there. Sure. I think while we have someone here uh, briefly announcing us behind, uh, they're not really announcing us behind. It, makes no, it makes no sense. It's even throwing me off, but I do think that I could somewhat summarize what we're talking about. I, I'll tell you what, I've been listening to what he's saying. He's like, listen, everybody, if you're, if, you're, if you're here now, I just learned a lot about high fructose corn syrup. I want everybody here in the audience to, and so I, I love that, that he's actually doing that for us. Thank you. I mean, I like it when we make that big of a difference that quick. Yeah, everybody's on board now. Yeah. So I, what I do, what I hear is they bring in high fructose corn syrup. We don't know how to metabolize it, or our cells don't know how to metabolize it. It's now giving us too much uric acid, which I actually made me think of there's a close association between high fructose corn syrup uh, consumption and gout. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, then yeah. Um, beyond that, when your body doesn't know how to handle this, you're just gonna keep storing fat, and when it didn't have the energy because you're destroying adenosine triphosphate where you can't break it down to ADP, your, your cells can't, then essentially it's going to keep looking for food while you keep packing on fat. You're gonna keep looking for food while you're packing on fat. Consume more high fructose corn syrup, pack on fat, keep looking for food because you're not feeding your cells. You're not, and I keep pointing at the brain because the brain needs what it's not getting. Yeah, so now part two of this vicious little cycle. That's just going on in the liver. So as it turns out, the liver, in its attempt to get rid of the fructose, uh -huh. just produces tons of this fructokinase C that then floats around and goes to my special organ, the small intestine. Oh. Yeah, where what does it do? It, it makes the cells insulin resistant. 
So this made total sense to me where that study that we've talked about before, or I've talked about with my patients, where people that uh, drink Diet Cokes have a higher propensity to develop diabetes. Correct. Now that makes sense. They're taking in high fructose corn syrup, even if it is in the form of some um, uh, artificial sweetener and things like that. I'm always, always like, man, how's that happening? Well, if bacteria break it down and ultimately you end up with fructose and the liver has to you know, do this, insulin resistance, the fructokinase C creates insulin resistance through a process called GLUT5 and all these other, I mean, I can get as nerdy as you want on this because I don't want it to be an opinion piece. I want it to be like, look, this is what's happening at the sure. level. So then fructokinase C gets into the small bowel where dun, 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 causes leaky gut. It just is a never-ending cycle. I, I have not heard one of the redeeming qualities you told me you were going to tell me about high fructose corn syrup. Yet. I thought we were just going to do the usual, oh, it looks like it's associated with this. And then I found this article where they're like, no, it actually does this little tiny thing here that leads to this, that leads to this, that leads to this. So now, I mean, we always talk about how bacterial overgrowth can cause leaky gut or intestinal permeability. We talk about how glyphosate does it. Now, if you're taking in high fructose corn syrup, you're developing intestinal permeability, which allows the endotoxins to actually get absorbed directly, which then go to the brain, leaky gut, leaky brain. That's right. So one of the things that um, I always tell my patients, we want to avoid gluten. I want you to avoid um, products with glyphosate. I actually mistakenly have not been saying the most important thing to take out of your diet is high fructose corn syrup. I've been harping on certain molecules. Now I realize, oh my gosh, this could be the root cause of a lot of the problem. Okay, so this is a this is an important intersection, I think, right here. Um, and I think it's it goes for everybody. Go, it, it, it went for me. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. We weren't told that because we weren't meant to find out about it. This was something, I mean, our own federal government does subsidize corn. And the Corn Refiners Association presses hard every year. They they compete with the Archer Daniels Midlands, et cetera, who run the sugar lobby. They they fight over who gets the sweetener lobby money. I mean, and then they, they're strange bedfellows. They work together in, in, uh, in advocating sweeteners in certain foods, but the moment it comes down to which sweetener is going to go into your food, trust me, they fight over that. And Archer Daniels Midland, who represents, and Cargill, who represent lots of sugarcane growers, they fight with the Corn Refiners Association. And I hate to say it, but in this instance, I side with sugar because at least it's somewhat natural and our bodies at least know what to do with it. So imagine if I'm producing this and I'm selling this to a large corporation. I came up with a molecule. When you eat sugar, uh -huh. you need insulin to drive it into the cells. Correct. When you have insulin in your body, it gives you the sensation of being full. Yeah. How does it do it? Because when insulin is there, a hormone called leptin, leptin. Yeah. yep, a hormone called leptin goes up and says, yo, we've had enough to eat. So if you're somebody that really struggles with your weight <laughs> and you're over there going, I'm trying, I do not know, and people talk about sugar addictions, and yes, we know that sugar can have the same effects as cocaine and things like that. High fructose corn syrup will, will do the exact same thing. Oh, icing on the cake, high fructose corn syrup blunts the leptin response. Yeah, well, I mean, it's already blocking what insulin does, yes. right? So it, now you're giving me a sweetener that doesn't let me know that I have 
technically had enough food, even exactly. though it didn't give me any calories that I needed in the first place. Exactly. And so you've got this situation where it is the perfect storm if you're a corn grower or if you manufacture high fructose corn syrup or if you are a manufacturer of something that is processed foods. Right. Or if you're an insurance company or a hospital or anybody that benefits with the detriment of health, it's crazy. It's like you cannot, it's almost, it's almost like a biological weapon. Pretend for a moment, you're a junk food uh, manufacturer. I'm going to come to you and I'm gonna tell you, okay, listen, I've got an ingredient. It's gonna replace that sugar that you're putting in your food. And at first you're like, well, why would I wanna do it? Because it's gonna give you longer shelf life it's gonna keep your people coming back. They're probably going to consume three to five times as much as they normally would. And on top of that, it's inexpensive because the government is, is paying down the cost. Sold, right? Sold. Because you don't care about the person who's buying it. You're just wanting to sell it. That's what they've done to you. That's what they've done to the public. If you eat any fast food, high fructose corn syrup, if you're opening a package, high fructose corn syrup. Go to, you know, the other day we were talking about ketchup, and, and we need to give uh, credit where credit's due, okay? So Heinz, 57 ketchup, we see it in, in all the grocery stores. If you go and look in most shelves now, they actually offer a natural or organic Heinz ketchup now. And if you look closely, there it says, advertises, no high fructose corn syrup, it's regular sugar. There's a reason behind that because the word is getting out. And if you want more choices like that, then make the correct choice for yourself. So with this show, we want to arm you with the information. This isn't really a joke. Look at a picture of people gathered on the streets, hanging out in the 60s and 70s. And just simply compare it to today. I won't tell you what you're looking at. Just look at a group of people and then look at a group of people today. It does not look the same. And you can't blame it on laziness. I was wanting to say this too. Laziness, there have been lazy people around for generations, for centuries. There were lazy people that existed back in the 70s that halfway worked out or whatever else. We still didn't look like this. It doesn't make sense. I think we just gave a pretty compelling argument of so much of it is not your fault. That's right. And I hear that from my patients. They try. And then even well-intentioned people going, well... I'm eating my, and I don't want to, I, I have not done the due diligence to look, but let's just pretend like it's a lean cuisine or something. The <laughs> fact that it's got a shelf life probably means it's got some high fructose corn syrup in it. Yeah. And if it's got some high fructose corn syrup, all this stuff is happening to you. And at the very top, it's, you're not going to get full because you don't have a hormone that says you're full. And then it just starts dripping down. Oh, your brain's going to be starving, so you're going to be more anxious. You're going to have anxiety. You're going to have impulsivity. Oh, and then all of a sudden, you're getting fatter. Your liver can't process it. Now you've got intestinal permeability. And then the one thing that is my passion, that probably is the least relevant to everybody out there, it affects the microbiome. So yeah. you decrease your microbial diversity. It's not... It's literally poison. It's poison. And I did challenge yourself. So uh, you'll notice there are like, um, I don't mind giving these guys a shout out, Justin's. Justin's little uh, peanut butter chocolate Oh, yeah, cups. yeah, yeah, yeah. So what makes Justin's unique, if you pay attention to it, they are made with real sugar. And so all of the different flavors of Justin's, uh, the peanut, if they have something sweetened, because they also have just like nut butters and things like that. But uh, the almond butter cups, the peanut butter cups, the walnut butter cups, or cashews, whatever it is, 
but they're all made with regular sugar. And then they may be slightly more expensive, but just go and compare that to your standard gas station candy aisle. I don't have to say any names. Just go look. The first ingredient is going to be high fructose corn syrup. It's cheaper. They don't care. And of course you want it. You want it because your brain's been programmed to want it. That urge, just make the leap and start finding. I'm not, I'm not, at this point, I'm not even saying avoid sugar. Just pick the right kind. And it will at least start allowing your body to react appropriately to the sweetener. Absolutely. You can, you can retrain. You can do this. We, I feel like I tilt at windmills, you know, the Don Quixote uh, yeah. style. I feel like I tilt at various windmills. I just, I, I don't know how I miss this. It's, I, it's like, it, it's been camouflaged yeah. out there. And I'm like, that's the true thing that we need to make our mantra here. Um, another thing to think of too, kids, if you're making your kids lunch, check the bread. In our aisle, I purposefully went through um, the grocery store that we have close to our house here recently and just checked all of the different breads. There's, uh, I think I counted, there was uh, 47 different kinds of breads and bread brands. Two, two mass-produced bread brands had a line, not even all of the lines, had a line that didn't have high fructose corn syrup in like their wheat bread, for instance. The rest of them do. Don't buy that. Well, and then the other thing, they're catching on to this, so I started looking at labels also. It goes by a bunch of different names. Oh, crap. Almost made up names by the food industry. Where they, and I wrote them down someplace because I was like so annoyed by it. It's like they, when you look it up, you're like, ah, that's high fructose corn syrup. And they call it like something else, like uh, whatever. And other countries are starting to do this now where they'll name it different things. So it's like, okay, to avoid it, try not to open packages, refined foods, try and eat those whole foods on the outside of the grocery aisle where they really want you to walk in, go down that middle aisle. They want you to hit those cookies right away because that's it's cheap for the grocery store. They know that you're going to buy them. It's hard to not buy it. Yeah. Go on the outside, get some whole food first, and then really try to, because once you start that path, it's, it's, super, it's super hard. So... I don't know. I, I, it, it opened my eyes, to be honest. I mean, one of the reasons why I love doing this show is that we, I get the opportunity to take a few moments to look at something where I normally wouldn't. This is one of them. Yeah. And, and I love the show because we get to get into subject matter that, just like you said, it's, it's bringing something to your attention. I think that this is a topic that maybe I've kicked around with family members or friends, but I... Even at times, I don't know how seriously I took it until I decided to do the research myself. I, my last soda, my last sugared high fructose corn syrup soda was several years ago, but that was by, uh, that was on purpose. That was by design. I wanted to stop consuming that stuff. It, it wasn't easy, but doing it, I feel better doing it. And I, want, I just really want everybody else to have the same opportunity, same information. There's no reason for us to keep in this crazy cycle, we only live once of feeling sick, not feeling our best. I want you to enjoy your life. There's no reason to do this. The idea that on a federal level, we're paying taxes to produce this, to make Ridiculous. us sicker. I mean, if I were a politician, if, if I were in charge, I'd be like, subsidies are now shifted to fruits and vegetables. Corn, you've had your run. No more grandfathered in subsidies. You can't just have excess corn. You don't know what to do with so you're gonna, you're gonna convert it to high fructose corn syrup. We're gonna feed it to our animals. We're gonna do this. 
I know that there's a role for it. I also know that it's, um, oh my gosh. I was trying to do some research on this and I discovered a Netflix video called Corn or something like that. Okay. This is, this is wild. It was in Iowa. Uh -huh. These guys from Boston um, found out that they had relatives generations before and they wanted to see what it's like to farm corn. So they got a one acre plot and then they kind of lived in this little Iowa town. I'm about halfway through it, but it's really, this is really awesome. Um, so they planted their corn and then weeds started coming up, weeds. And the guy pulls it up and it's hemp. Oh, wow. It's hemp. Huh. That's how much hemp is, wants to grow. It's yeah. like, I want to be here. Yeah. And then what do they do? They get glyphosate, whatever thing, and they just kill everything in between the corn. And then all of a sudden, you're taking high fructose corn syrup, and you're adding glyphosate and chemicals and stuff to it. And so we're taking poison. I'm going to give you arsenic, and then you're going to mix it in gasoline and drink it. It's funny that you say Michigan and gasoline because they also make ethanol out of all that excess oh, corn. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, I don't, I don't know. what This episode is a great, um, a great introduction for our next show. Absolutely. That, this is the whole purpose of doing this, that we understand that, you know, this is a lot to be thrown at you, but just take a second to look at it and look at, at least look at the various names they're called. One last thing I wanted to, to call back on a, on a, a recent but previous episode. We had one uh, two shows ago, I believe, might have been three, where we talked about the increase in GI cancer in people. There is another study that we can't get to today. It's very, very in-depth. Well, it's not, it's not just one study. There's several. But there's one that really ties together our current-day food additives, including high-fructose corn syrup and the increasing incidence of GI cancer. It's not a joke. It's not something that we're just trying to say, oh, you don't eat sugar to, to not get fat. No. In fact, eat real sugar if you have to have a sweet tooth. The study results were pretty simple. The equivalent of one can of soda a day resulted in increased cancer in mice. Yeah, it's, it's not good. I don't know what else to say. It's, a, and, it's horrific that our, that our government subsidizes it. And you mentioned it earlier, you can change the name of how you see it on the label. You know how hard it is to, ha to put an all natural product and what it is on a box that's actually good for you. The FDA is really hard on this. Yeah, so in case you're, Eric's now holding up a box of Atron Teal. No high fructose corn syrup in Atron Teal. No, so. no additives. <laughs> no additives. So yeah, it's a little <laughs> annoying, well regardless. I'm pretty pumped about our next show coming up. I am too, so be certain to check out 40, Today's 42, right? This is 42. Next one's going to be 43. Thank you. Paul Rogers went on the road with us, by the way. Yeah, this is, uh, and you know, special thanks once again to Southern Star All Natural Brewery. <laughs> Southern Star. We're wearing some gear here. Yeah, the whole thing. But uh, seriously, so episode 42, I think it's going to do it for today's show, or for this particular show. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of us in so many levels. This is the shortest show we've ever done. How many minutes is it saying? We're, we're at like 42. We're only 12 <laughs> minutes over. <laughs> Well, thank y'all so much. Uh, this uh, Eric Rieger with my co-host, Kenneth Brown. That's going to do it for episode number 42. Be sure and check out the show notes. We've got uh, information on getting in touch with uh, Southern Star Brewery, as well as I think we may even end up adding, after we publish, some information on where we can find some of the studies specifically on high fructose corn syrup and its danger to you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, definitely tune into the next one. All right. See y'all then.